Yes. So anyway, we're going we're gonna to go. I don't know if you were here last week, but that's okay if you weren't. But we're going part two of what we spoke about, which was I'm ready to grow. And there's this interesting thought that I had when, I'm, when I was thinking about last week. We looked at this parable of Jesus, this principle of life, and Jesus was expressing to us, and he was talking to us. He was reminding us as a rabbi, as a teacher, that there's, there's ways to grow, but there's also ways to stunt your growth. And so we talked about what it means to grow internally, to grow yourself, to understand what's next for your life, to push yourself, to, to be keen and be aware that there is someone out there, there is this enemy, there is this adversary that cannot stand you. And Jesus pointed this enemy out. Jesus also went on to say, when the trials and the tribulations come, that could stunt your growth, be aware. And then he said, when the good gets really good, that it's, not, it's no longer God. You stand back and you're amazing, you're grateful, and you look at your life and you're like, man, this is amazing. And before it was like, I just, I got to grow and I got God, God's got to teach me, God's got to learn me, I got to go to church and I got to understand, I got to read the scriptures. But what happens over time is it just gets so good that you forget about God. And Jesus says, beware, beware, this is what will stop and stunt and detour and diminish your growth. And I want to look at the same passage with a new perspective. Can I go deeper today? I was going to say tonight. Come on, this morning. Can I go deeper this morning? So the scripture says in Matthew 13, he says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and he sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him because he was was one that many wanted to understand and listen and, and experience. They wanted to grow. They were curious. They were eager. They were just going. Some were just... They they wanted more of what Jesus had to offer. They were were done with the religion, and they they were so interested about this Jesus. Others were haters, and they just wanted to go and spectate and and get the news so that they can let everyone know how bad Jesus was, how bad his teachings and his principles didn't match up to what they understood as religion or what they understood as the law or the Torah. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat, and he sat in it. While all the people stood on the shore, then he told them many things in in parables and principles, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Shout, farmer. Farmer. Then if you skip to verse 8, it says, still other seed fell. He he goes and he explains what I just talked about, how the first seed, you know, the farmer's just throwing it, and it falls on rocky ground, it falls on the pathway, and and then, then there's thorns, and there's all this different seed that's sown, and then it falls on the good soil where it produced, where it produced, where it produced. A crop, a hundred, a crop of 60 or 30 times what was sown. I want to talk to you this morning about what it means when you grow, when God begins to do something in your life, because remember, if we could go back and understand, it's not you that make yourself grow. You, 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 there's, there's some things, there's some understandings, but eventually, when the crop grows to 60, 30 times the size of what it was, it can't just be you. God does the growth. We have our part to play And I want to talk this morning about what it means when you grow, but what happens then when you grow? What what is it that we should do? What posture should we stand upon? What posture should we understand moving forward? Now that I'm growing, what then? And I think about this understanding, why does a farmer sow his seed? Well, if we were to go back even today, 
I understand it's for resource, it's for finance, but also when you were to go back, the reason a farmer would sow his seed was so that he can produce a crop, so that he can eat and provide for his family. So you grow something, and it's not just for you, it's for other people. So it's this understanding of life and of scripture and the beauty and the wonder of God that at some point, I can't be selfish. Really, at some point, as God begins to grow me, as I begin to understand humility, as I begin to understand the principles of Jesus, as I begin to learn how to think, how to talk, how to walk, as I look at my character and it's growing and it's growing and it's growing, I would argue that you don't just fall into success. You don't just fall into something that was just amazing. It takes time, right? And as it's growing, as it's growing, it then begins to produce and really, if, you're, if we're going to go deeper, as you grow, others should grow. Who in your life is growing because of who you are? You might argue it. You might say it's not true. But nevertheless, people are either growing in a healthy way or growing in an unhealthy way because of who you are. And I think of this farmer as he picks up this seed and as Jesus is expressing this illustration and this principle, this parable, the farmer, all he does is pick up the seed and he's throwing it. And notice that it's falling on different ground, meaning he's just throwing the seed everywhere. Everywhere he, he goes, he's throwing the seed, he's throwing the seed, he, he's desiring that uh, something, it would land on the good soil. He, he's maybe not fully concerned about what soil it falls upon, because really, at the end of the day, God's going to grow it. So the farmer, the one that understands, as I grow deeper, I have to realize that wherever I go, whatever I do, however I talk, however I present myself, people are either growing or they're not because of who I am. So the conversations I have, the, the way that I talk about other people, I'm just throwing seed, I'm throwing seed. If we were to stay true to the text, Jesus is talking about, in regards to the seed, the word. The word of God, the truth of God, the beauty of God. We would not be here if there was not a scripture to read from. We could understand the teachings of Jesus. We could get it from historical books. But God, he breathed life into the scriptures, the Old Testament to the New Testament, 66 books. And it's incredible and it's imperable to understand and realize that the scriptures give us life gives us direction, gives us understanding. Scripture would tell us that it pierces all the way to your soul. It gets rid of the bitterness, it bypasses the bitterness, it bypasses the offenses, it bypasses the frustrations. And the scripture, what it does when you read it in season or out, is it speaks to the very depth of who you are. So as I stand back, I have to realize, I'm growing, but are other people growing? I'm learning, but are other people learning? It can't just be about me. If we were to look at the story of Jesus, who he was, he died on behalf of us. He wasn't selfish. He wasn't prideful. Jesus was recorded to say, I did not come to be served. I came to serve. I didn't come for me. I came for others. And what happens when we get to a point of maturity, if you think like a CEO, if you think like a boss, if you think like one that has created and grown something, if you think like a leader, it's not just for you. It's for the better of the organization. It's for the better of the structure. So Jesus, as a leader, is saying, I must learn to teach the people around me. If they're going to be around me, these 12, they got to learn how to grow. Oh, and let me just remind you, you're not just growing for yourself. That's a benefit. You're growing for others. Because the seed was sown in your life. You're here today. 
I don't know who threw it. I don't know who told, I don't know who DM'd you. I don't know who texted you. I don't know who encouraged you or wooed you or just dragged you here. But for some reason that I believe is not a coincidence, you find yourself at Coin Church on a Sunday morning, March 1st, 1130 in the morning. And I believe that God desires for you to grow. But someone invited you. You invited yourself. Instagram invited you. Our creative team put it out. The word was put out. We just threw the seed. And there's so many different ways to do it, right? Your life should produce fruit. Did you know that? I I wanted to so bad. Grandma Liz asked me this morning if I wanted some fruit, an orange. And I wanted to take it as an illustration, and I forgot. But when I look at the fruit, like when, when a crop grows... When a farmer grows, when a farmer's throwing his seed, the the goal is that it grows enough to where it produces something for nutrition, right? For nourishment. And it could be for like the pleasures of like the sweet sugars of a fruit, the sweet sugars of of grapes, the sweet sugars of an orange tree. But nevertheless, as you get it, is it not good? Doesn't it not quench your thirst because of the sugars and it's nourishing and it's like, oh, that's some good fruit. But what's interesting to me, if we look our lives in regards to producing fruit, Luke tells us in Luke 6, Jesus says this, no good tree bears bad fruit. Do you know that? It's kind of common sense. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from bushes or grapes from briars, which is like a prickly plant. A good man, a good man, a good woman brings good things out of the good stored up in his or her heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his or her heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So I grow a crop, whatever the crop is, is it good or is it bad? There, I, I just, I'm just throwing the seed wherever I'm at. It doesn't matter. I, I want to encourage people. I want to re- remind people that God is for them. God is not against them. God loves them. And, and sooner or later, people will begin to see our lives. Our lives are on display every single day. All we have to do is look up your Instagram or your Facebook. Your lives are on display. What is the fruit to which you're producing? Is it sweet or is it sour? Is it good or is it bad? And then it goes on to say this in 1 Peter 3.15. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Respect him. Honor him. Look at him with reverence. Always, always, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason. Here it is. For the hope that you have. Do you have hope this morning? Are you walking around in such a way that people are beckoned by you and they ask you such a question Where did you get that hope? Why why is it that you're so encouraging? Why is it that you're so uplifting? Why is it that you push me to more? Why aren't you doom and gloom? Why aren't you like making it seem like it's it's like the worst day possible? Oh my gosh, it's it's gloomy outside. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. And like what, what you're doing is you're producing something and bad fruit, bad, a bad tree doesn't bear good fruit. And so I look at this passage in scripture to which Peter expresses to the church and he says, always be prepared to give an answer for those that come to you that are wooed by you asking, where did you get this hope? And then he says, but do this 
Can you read it behind me? I love that. But do this with gentleness and respect. That blows my mind. Because I, I don't know about you. I might have been this person. I, I don't know if I got the last part. <laughs> In fact, I don't even know if people came to me because of the hope that I was expressing. I just wanted everyone to know, like, Jesus is Lord. And if you don't know he's Lord, like, you're going to hell. I'm so sorry. And there was no gentleness and there was no respect. And so the, the seed that I was throwing, it began to produce, but it was bad fruit. It wasn't a good crop. It was a crop. It wasn't a good crop. People didn't want to come and find nourishment because of the crop. People didn't want to grow from it. People didn't want more of it because after they tasted it, it was sour. Let me show you the crop that God grew should be the expression of our heart. If we want to go deeper in understanding ourselves, you have to realize that when God does something in you, it's for other people too. It's for your family. It's for your son or daughter. It's for your mom or your grandma. It's for your, your father. It's for your husband. It's for your wife. When God begins to produce something, to grow something, when something is so sweet and nourishing to our souls, the natural thing to do is want other people to, to have that fruit. Let me show you the crop that God grew. You see, I realized for a time that it was for me, this whole God thing. I was so selfish. I, I, I thought it was just all about me, and I wanted it my way, and I didn't really care who, who, who I, I ran over. I wanted to let people know once I got this revelation of God that every person had to know, but I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't doing it with gentle and kindness. In fact, people weren't even asking me of the hope that I had because they didn't really see much hope. And what happens is that I had to realize that it wasn't just for me, but it was also for you. Yeah, yeah, you're, it, it was, as, as a son or daughter, it was, it was for your sister. It was for your brothers. It was for your cousins. It was for the, the friends at school, when you go to school, when you go to work, when you go to class. It was for the people around you that the, the, the moment that you begin to grow and understand the richness and the beauty of Jesus, you begin to produce something. Take Gabby as, as an example. Where's Gabby at? Is she in the house somewhere? Gabby, you, you would all know Gabby. You would all understand Gabby. You would all see Gabby. You, when you see her, you know her. You see her on Instagram, you know it's Gabby. And the thing that I love about Gabby, if I could just boast on her for a second, is she came to a backyard with a young guy just throwing seed, yelling, Without a microphone, I don't even know if we had a, I had a microphone at the point, at the time. My parents' backyard, people, we just got some chairs, we had some teams, we weren't really organized at all. People just helped set up the stuff, and we were getting there, but she came, and she, there was seed that was being sown, and I didn't know who was listening, I just was throwing seed. God, you are good, you're gracious, and so I have to live my life in such a way, I, I, I want others to grow from the tree that you have helped and nourished. God, you've, you've, you've watered, you've planted something within my soul, and she found, her, found herself at a house, a Saddleback Street in Montclair, and just a young guy just throwing seed, throwing seed, throwing seed, and what happened was it fell on good soil. 
And then once, once she got around a community and, and, and Pastor Kelly started watering, the, the soil started putting, the, the plant was there and God was beginning to grow it, but, but, but God used the water and then, and then God used someone like Mama Flo and God used someone like Taylor and Alyssa and God used people in our community. And, and what happened was it started to produce. Something was growing underneath the soil because it landed on good soil and it started with someone just throwing some seeds, throwing some seeds, throwing some seeds. And the beauty and the wonder is that as Gabby has grown in her Instagram, she tells everybody about Jesus. Man, you, you just, I just love it so much. And what I've realized is, is we get to, Gabby gets to, you get to bring people and say, hey, it's, it's not about coin church. It's not about the growth. Like, like, yeah, let me take you to the crop. Hey, it's some good crop here. There's some good fruit here. Let me, let me show you. And, and so what happens is, symbolically, spiritually, you bring that friend that, that, that hits you up on Instagram or Facebook. You bring that cousin that says, hey, I'm down and out. And you say, just give me one second. Why don't you come with me first? Just come over here. Let me show you the crop that God has built. I didn't grow it. God grew it. Some watered, some planted, but eventually the crop began to grow. Here, here, come over here. You're depressed. You're broken. Let me show you the grapefruit. It's good. And, and that grapefruit, the reason that that grew was because I was in a season in my life where I was down and out, but I kept pushing forward. There was a moment in my life where the, the winds came and the evil one spoke against me and, and all the haters said stuff about me, but I just, I, 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 I just kept stepping forward. I kept moving forward, and God began to produce something underneath the soil, and the fruit is some grape juice. Here, have some grape juice. It's nourishment to your soul, and God will do the rest. And, and that is the type of, of community that I want to be a part of. I don't just grow for me. I'm growing so that others would reap the benefits of who God is. And when we get to look at the crop, the scripture says, if we go back to it, it says a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Worship team, you guys can come on up. I realized for a time it was, it was for me, but it really was for other people. You know, I, I, I love, I'm looking forward to Mother's Day this year, if I'm being honest, because I, uh, I, love, I love moms so much. Like, I really do. I love my mom. I'm like that mom, like, son. Like, I'm that, like, kid that's just, I'm a mama's boy, right? And my wife, you know, she's, she's pregnant, and I'm going to be a father. She's going to be, she's going to be a mom, and, and then I, I, I get to be a part of this community, and God's growing the fruit. And then, and then I step back and I, I'm, I've noticed that there's like single moms in this house. And I love that they get to bring their friends. How on earth are you doing it like that? How, how do you just keep getting up and keep going to work and keep taking care of the kids? How, how are you doing that? And, and the beauty is, is you get to bring, well, just come on over here. It's not, it's not about us here. It's about you. Oh, there's, there's some orange juice over here. I wish I had some orange juice right here. There's some orange juice, and the, and the wonder and the beauty is, is this orange juice. It was when I was going through a time where I had no help. I, I didn't have any hope, and, and I just, someone, someone threw the seed, and I just, it fell on good soil. Someone reached out to me. Someone told me about Jesus, and I didn't understand Jesus. I didn't know Jesus. He didn't recollect to my soul or my spirit, but I just trusted for some reason. 
just to, just to go and check out the crop. And that's what I love about this community. Let me remind you something in this house. It's not about you. If you love Jesus, I love Jesus too. I've realized as I've matured in my life, I'm not there yet. I won't be there yet until I'm like almost dead. I got a long time ahead of me. If I ever think that I've arrived, I have to go back to Jesus. If you've ever thought you've arrived, I'm sorry. You should probably go back to Jesus because on your route, he will never say you've arrived. So what happens is I've realized that in a house, in a community, in a culture, under a certain roof, that there's, there's produce in order to feed people, right? Feed people, feed people, feed people. I need to be fed. You need to be fed. We need to understand that our souls, we're quenching something more than what it is. It's not just about the finances and about the house and about the cars and about all this other stuff. At the end of the day, there's something that your soul is dying for. And I just want to express to you for those that would find themselves calling coin your home, your house. There are many rooms in this house. You can have a room. You don't have to pay rent either. It's yours. You get to come be a part of it. But, but he, here's, the, here's one of the regulations within the house. Because every house has some, right? You, you, you cannot claim to be perfect. In fact, let's go back to where you were before you saw the crop, before you took the fruit, before you had some orange juice or some grape juice. Let, let's talk about the whosoevers. And that's what the gospel is. That's what the good news is. That's what the word is that Jesus is talking about. And really, if we're staying true to the text, as an ambassador of Christ, I must, I am commanded, I am sought out, I am pushed and, and, and commissioned by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I got a supernatural anointing over my life, and so do you, so that every person that's broken and abused and abandoned in our city and surrounding cities would find the nourishment to their soul. And what that is, it's the fruit. It's the fruit. It's the fruit. It's the fruit. Scripture says this, you might not know it, and if you don't, this, this is the mandate to every house that calls themselves a house of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever, whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. Did you know it said that? He didn't send Jesus to condemn you. He sent Jesus to continue to bear the good fruit so that someday, one day, someone's just throwing some seed. Man, I just hope it lands on some good soil. There's someone out there that just needs to know how good God is. There's someone out there that just needs to know they're unique to themselves. There's no one like you. There will be nobody like you. You are designed by the creator of the universe. Someone might dress like you. Someone might talk like you. Someone might walk like you, but there will never be another you. And sometimes you just need to hear that and sometimes you just need to, re like, just catch the seed. Just catch the seed and realize that God wants to do something in your life, but we can't be selfish. And then it says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save the world through him. At this house, in this tribe, we are called 
to partner with Jesus. We don't save anybody. Jesus does. So we invite people to just experience the crop. Hey, I, I didn't grow the crop. God grew it. God might have told me to plant it, and then other people came and watered it. But at the end of the day, the fruit's there not because of my doing, because of God's doing. And he wants you to taste the goodness of who he is. He wants you to understand that, he, that you're loved by him, that you're called to more, that you have something special over your life. And it doesn't matter whosoever, 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 whatever you've done, whatever you've done in the past or the future, God already knows it. And he still loves you and he still calls you. So we will be a house that just advice, come on, come on over to the crop, bro. Man, you're down and out. Let me just show you the crop. I didn't do it. Pastor Sammy didn't do it. James didn't do it. We know it. God did this. But he used our faithfulness. He used our determination. He used our understanding of how good he is. He used our willingness. He used our humility. And what I've realized is, man, we begin to stunt growth when we're bearing bad fruit. We're not bearing bad fruit here. Sorry. Not on our watch. Not in this community. We will bear good fruit. And, and the only way we can get what we need is from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But the reason we do that is so that whosoever could walk into this space could be encountered by you in the marketplace doesn't have to be at church. In fact, it really probably shouldn't be at church. This is just where people get the fruit, the goodness. It's, it's flavorful. It's juicy. It's got some sugar to it. I like the fruit. I like the grape juice and the orange juice and the apple juice. You can have all that you want. It's, it's God who has done it. But let us never be the type of person that we just clock out when we leave this place. Let us always go and just say, wherever I go, Lord, I'm just going to throw the seed. I'm just going to throw the seed. I'm going to do it with gentleness and kindness. I'm going to do it strategically because at the end of the day, eternity is at stake. I mean, you just must ask yourself, we're pretty much done. You must ask yourself, where, where will you be? Where will you be? Who will you be in front of? Does that ever resonate within your soul? It's called natural law. A man named C.S. Lewis named it and coined it called natural law. It's within every human being that in a, there is good and bad morality. That if we were all on the field, if we were all in war and we were sitting within our trench and if I was the leader, the, the natural law that was just in me, I, say I never knew God in my life. If I was the leader and all my men were going and all the women were going and fighting the enemy and I stood back, natural law in a, some, something, someone, somewhere put it in me to say this isn't right. This isn't right. I shouldn't do it like that. I shouldn't do, I should go. If, if they're going, I should go. I shouldn't just step back. There's something in every person and that same small voice is asking you, how is your soul? What will happen when the lights turn off? What will happen when the coronavirus comes? Like, what will happen? But see, I'm at a point in my life where God has planted too much seed. I'm not concerned about that stuff because I know who numbers my days. I know who protects me. I know who goes before me. Nothing can get in my way if God is before me. So I've realized as God has growing and maturing me, I'm still growing, man. I'm still, we're all still growing. I don't care how old or young we are. We're all young at heart. 
It doesn't matter how long we do this, we're always going to be young at heart. That's a promise. Because what happens is these little ones, they're going to grow up. The little ones, they're going to grow up. And we have to teach them how to be leaders. But how on earth can we teach them how to be leaders if we're not leaders ourselves? How on earth can we teach them how to be humble if we're all prideful? So we must learn it's not about this generation, it's about that generation too. And then it's about that generation too. Oh, the grandmas and grandmas, you have something to say. Why don't you come and see what we can do and how God can produce the crop. But it's not for you, grandma. It's not for you, son. It's not for you, grandson. It's for every person, for whosoever that is searching, dying, crying out because they're looking for something. They're, they're quenched. They're, they need some fruit. And it's the good news of Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, I love you so much, God. You're in this place. You love every person in this room. God, for those that do not know you, I pray that they would cry out to you, call out to you, speak to you. That they would ask God that you would teach them, grow them, nourish them, that they would find a community if it's not coin, that they would find a tribe, God, that would encourage them, call them to more. I pray, oh God, that you would continue to grow us. Father, I'm ready to grow. Not just for me, God. That's important. But I'm ready to grow so that others would benefit, God. I'm ready for this house to continue to grow. Give us more, Lord. Give us more of, God, bring the challenges on, Father, for it will be the very thing that grows us even more. That's why I pray for every person, God, that is hearing the evil one just lie to them. I pray for every person that has gone through the storm and they're thinking about giving up. I, I pray for every person that has just gotten too good for them. Recalibrate their heart and soul to you, oh Jesus. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Hey, why don't we stand up?